Good morning, everyone. Great to see you again today. Hope everyone's having a great, great week. If you're a guest, we're kind of at the end of a series that we started several weeks ago. We're going to have today and one more week, but not to worry. Uh, every uh, message is a standalone message. The, the subject that we've been looking at is rebooting. We've been looking at different areas of our life that sometimes we need to evaluate and maybe we need to hit the re- reboot button and uh, make some corrections, make some uh, course changes. So we've looked at a lot of different topics, and I don't have time to review them naturally. But the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a very important one, and one that has resonated, it seems, with so much of our Bridge family, because I've had so many of you uh, coming to, to speak to me about it and saying, wow, this one really hit me today, or this one really resonated with me. And, and I, I, as I've shared with you, this is one that, that uh, I need to, to constantly be looking at, too, because it's, it's just part of our human nature sometimes, and that is to reboot our temper. Now, last week, now we were reminded that Psalm 37, 8 says, Refrain from anger, turn from wrath, do not fret. Why? Because it's only going to lead to evil. It's not going to be productive. Colossians 3, 8, Paul says, But now you must rid yourselves. And he's talking to new believers. He's saying, all right, if you're going to be a Christ follower, there's some things you've got to rid yourself of. And look at the top three on the list. He says, Anger, rage, which is uncontrolled anger, and malice. Malice is when we, we, we have evil intent for somebody else. We wish them ill. We want bad things to happen to them. He says, that doesn't have the place in the life of any believer. Now, we looked last week at some don'ts of anger management. We said, here's some things not to do. <clears throat> One is don't rationalize your anger. Don't try to make excuses for it. Talked about don't stuff your anger. If you stuff your anger, it's still going to come out. And it's going to come out in unhealthy ways. It's going to be an explosive reaction. Don't feed your anger. Don't stew about it. Don't think about it. Don't just chew it over and over again. Don't meditate on it. Uh, That's only going to exacerbate the level of your anger. And emotionally, you're going to be charged up and up and up. Don't medicate your anger. Don't turn to food or spending or drinking or drugs or, or something to, to make yourself feel better because that's just going to put you in a very dysfunctional cycle. And then finally, we said don't blame. Don't blame others. Because when we blame everyone else for our emotional state, we are surrendering our control of that, that situation. We're saying they're in charge. They're in the driver's seat, and I'm not so... I'm just going to blame them and walk away. Not, not a healthy response. So those are some don'ts. Now, this week, as I told you last week, I was going to do this last week, but I didn't want to rush through it. We're going to look at some do's of anger management. Okay, so we know what not to do. So if this is an area of our life that we're dealing with and we recognize, how should we address it? How should we move forward? All right, first of all, very practical thing is eat right and exercise regularly. You know, we, we don't think about how much our diet controls us. I know recently in the last several weeks, I've tried to get on a better eating plan. I've cut out starches from my diet. I've cut out sweets from my diet. And I'm just eating proteins, vegetables, and fruits. And I'll tell you, just in that short amount of time, 
I'm noticing a remarkable distance or difference. I'm getting up at, at uh, early in the morning, and I'm doing a three-mile power walk, and I feel so much more in control. I find myself, I'm far less irritable. Same things are happening around me, but I'm not reacting to them. And I'm in a very stressful time right now, too, with a lot of uh, schoolwork and the work that I'm doing with, plus the work here at the church and, and my, my family life and all that kind of thing. But I'm being able to keep a cheery disposition through all of it. I've got energy to burn. And so if you deal with temper issues, know that just eating, changing your eating habits and exercising will produce endorphins. It'll give you a a more calm spirit and you'll be able then to deal with these things as they, they pop up instead of letting them control you, you control them. Do proclaim your reboot plan. Don't just say, you know, where you're sitting, say, yeah, you know, the temper is an issue with me, anger is an issue with me. I've got to do something about that. I've got to change that. And then just kind of make it all internal. Because you're not your best accountability partner, right? And when you keep it quiet, when you don't announce it, no one else can help you. But when you say, hey, you know, you may have never noticed about me, but Sometimes I have a problem with my temper. People go, oh, no, not you. you know? And they're going, sometimes. You know? But, you know, get it out there and say, I recognize it now. The Lord is dealing with me about it. And I want to make some changes in my life. I want to get a hold of this area of my life. Now, see, doing so solicits understanding and assistance. They know, already know that, that you have a problem with your temper. You, you, you've displayed that. You've tipped them off on that. And now they're saying, well, they may not say this to you, but they're thinking, oh, I hope that, that she can be sick. I hope that he can get a hold of this. And so they understand now that you're trying to work on it. And therefore, they want to help you work on it. Now, the other thing it does is it gives you a chance to coordinate a warning slash communication plan. One is a warning plan. Say, hey, you know, remember I told you I'm I'm trying to work on my temper, and and I want to let you know that right now is one of those times where I need to work on it. I'm going to show you a way to do that here in just a second. But it it gives us an opportunity to go back and say, remember I told you about this, and I'm, I'm trying to work on this. But it also develop with them a communication plan. What do I mean by that? When you tell folks that this is an area you're going to start working on, develop some signals, some codes that you can use and that they can use. Because when they see you're losing it, you've got to give them a way to communicate that to you without you losing it more. And be careful when you're one of these people helping somebody will come back and say, now you told me you're going to try to work on your temper and just look at you. You know, that's not going to go well. So come up with some, some, some symbols. Come up with some signs that in a way that that person, another person can come back to you and safely share with you their observation that you're, you seem to be in a very volatile place at this moment with your anger, with your temper. Do, and this is one of the ways to do what we just talked about, do initiate. What does that mean? Take the lead in 
timeouts, calling timeouts. Here's a statement that I found very helpful to me, that, that when I was working on my temper issues, that when I, I feel my blood pressure coming up, and you, you, you can feel that, your, your stomach starts knotting, and your blood pressure is coming up, and you start just feeling that, that anxiousness. You know, I, I stop and say this sometimes out loud or sometimes to myself, depending on where I'm at and what my circumstances are. I say, I'm beginning to feel angry, and I want to take a time out. Now, they're very strategic words. I am beginning to feel angry. I am validating to myself first. I'm, I, I can feel it coming on. It's coming on. And I want to take a time out. I'm making a productive choice. I'm in control of this. I understand where I'm at right now. I understand my emotions. And I am choosing, rather than to surrender to my emotions, rather than to surrender to my anger, I am choosing a different course of action. I want to take a time out. Now, when you do that, and sometimes it, it, it's good, that's one of the signals maybe that you give these, these people, the communication tools. You just say, you know, right now, I'm beginning to feel angry and I want to take a time out. And you've told folks, because you've proclaimed your, your, your reboot program, and they understand that's a sign that you can't deal with it at that moment. So what do you do? Well, leave the situation for at least an hour. Get away from it. Walk away from it. Now, do not walk away from it and pace in your office and stew about it and say, man, you're, you're, you're at the house or anything like that. You know, that's not what you want. That's not the purpose of the timeout. What you want to do is you want to do something constructively physical. You want to do something constructively physical. Maybe it's walk the dog. Maybe it's clean your office. Maybe it's leave your office and, and walk down the stairs of your building and walk a couple blocks down to the Starbucks and get yourself a Starbucks, you know, or, or, or whatever else, a bagel at Einstein's or whatever. But do something physical. Wash the car. Wash the dog. Take a walk if, if you can. Go jog, whatever. But do something constructively physical. Constructively physical is the key. I'm going to go back to a room and start throwing things down and tearing things off the wall and kicking things and all that. That's not constructively physical, okay? Constructively physical means you stay in control, but you're doing something physical. You're not just sitting and, and ruminating on your anger and on the situation that's calling your anger. What you'll find is you'll get involved and you'll get your mind distracted and you won't be thinking about it because you're going to be doing something else and your anger level will subside. Then, after an hour, if the person that you, you were with when you declared your timeout is still available, then come back. And maybe even before you leave, say, I'm going to take a timeout. Would you give me an hour? Or maybe they, 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 they can't give you that luxury, at least 30 minutes. I'm going to take a time out because I'm starting to feel angry. And so let's get back together in 30 minutes. Let's get back together in an hour. Let me just get back to you. But make sure you do get back to that person or what is going to happen. You're going to offend them because they're going to think you don't really care. And they'll think that you're dissing them. Now, if either one of you say, I don't want to discuss this right now, don't. We have to, as we deal with our temper, we have to afford other people the same, the, the same grace 
an opportunity that we're asking them to afford us. We need to give them the opportunity to take a time out because they may feel themselves, their, their temper, their emotions escalating. And so this has to be a give and take. This has to be mutually respective exercise of a time out. The strategy behind a timeout is to immediately isolate yourself. Because if you don't immediately act on it, what's going to happen? You're just going to keep going up and 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 up, right? It's just going to escalate. So immediately you want to isolate yourself from the anger arousing situation. Get away from it. Take that time out. Do something constructive that is physical. Proverbs 17, 14 says, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. I love the metaphors in the Bible, especially in Psalms and Proverbs. They're, they're so rich. He says, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. You know, I, 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 I picture some of these World War II movies that I've watched and, and, and where they went to, to break a dam, you know, in order to flood a country, you know, side or something like that. And, and, and they don't have to destroy the whole structure, do they? All they got to do is put a big enough hole in it somewhere that the water pressure, all that water behind that dam, trying to get out of that dam, will soon, what? It'll blow that dam wide open. And that's what a quarrel will do. You, you, you intensify. You, 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 you kind of funnel in all this emotion. You funnel in all this anger. And all of a sudden, you just put a hole somewhere, and before long, if you keep there, if you don't take that time out, and you keep ruminating about it, and, and you keep strategizing, it's going to just blow open. And so, it goes on to say, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. So I'm saying, you know what? I know where this is going to go, or I know where this could go. Dear brother of mine told me this morning, he found out one of his best friends growing up, that, that this friend's sister was shot and murdered by, by her husband. See, anger can, can take us to, to horrible, horrible places. That dam was breached in that family with horrible, horrible consequences. Next, do identify your anger time bombs. I love this proverb. Proverbs 14, 29 says, A patient man, read it with me, has great understanding. A patient man has great understanding. Understanding about himself. Understanding about herself. See, especially if anger is, is one of our things that we, we have to work on, then we have to really pre-identify those things that set us off. So that when we are experiencing those things, warning bells start going off in our head. Danger, like the old lost in space robot, you know, danger, danger, Will Robinson, you know. You know, danger, you're, you're in a volatile place here. Those things can be frustrations that lead to anger. Now, we have frustrations, we deal with frustrations all the time. But I'm talking about frustrations that lead to anger. You know, you, the, the sentence might be, you know, I really get ticked off when dot, dot, dot. What frustrations push you more than other frustrations? Identify those, know those, so that when that happens, immediately, 
You, you've pre-programmed your mind to say, oh, better be careful here. Better be careful here. You know, some of the other ones can be irritations and annoyances. We all have pet peeves. I just hate it when this happens. I just, it drives me nuts when this happens. We all have those things in our life that are pet peeves that, that kind of just, you know, they just are under the surface and they just annoy us. You know, it's kind of like rubbing sandpaper, you know, on your hand. It's not causing any real damage, but just annoying is all get out. But sometimes we all have those again, but some of those can tip us over the edge. Some of those can really cause us to, to lose control of ourselves. You know, it could be disrespect issues. This is a lot of where hostile anger comes from, disrespect issues. You know, ladies, remember this about your, your men in your life. Your spouse, if you're married, your, your sons, uh, your father, your grandfather, just your co-workers. Remember, and we've said this many times, but I want to drive it home one more time. Men, more than love, crave respect. It's just how we're wired. And that's why I'm saying in in your your sons, your your, your little, you, you can't treat boys and girls the same. We're not the same. I know the world wants us to think we're exactly the same, but we're not. We're wired differently. And I'm thankful for that. Because we're there to, to help each other become more complete than we can be by ourselves in our genders. But just know that respect issues are very, very, very important to men. And it's disrespect, it's a feeling of disrespect that can set a man on a course to, to really escalate an anger and, and a temper. Disrespect is behind road rage. That's what road rage is all about, is disrespect. Somebody got in front of you and cut over right away. You disrespected my space. You disrespected who I am. Or, you know, tail, you know tailgating you. All a road rage centers around disrespect issues, both male and female. And I'm seeing increasing road rage with females because I'm experiencing getting cut off and signs and stuff like that that are not very ladylike. Money issues. Ooh. Can finance. How many married couples, don't raise your hands, how many married couples have had it out a few times about finances? Bouncing checks or who spent what? Well, you spent what? Are you out of your mind? Don't you realize it's the end of the month? Did you even stop to think to ask me if we had any money in the bank before you went out and spent $300? You know, money issues can really, really flare. can be a time bomb with either or both. Irresponsibility issues. Moms, you do a lot with this. Kids come in, the clothes are all over wearing. and you go, you go in your bedroom and your, your husband's underwear and dirty socks are on the floor and you've asked them a thousand times to pick them up. Just put them in the hamper. There's one right here, right here. One more step and you had it. Right? You know, are you going to the bathroom and the toilet paper's set up in the wrong direction. I mean, we're laughing. But stupid stuff like that can send us off on tangent. We can send us off into outer space with our anger. I've said, I've told her a thousand, I've told him a million times. See, those are time bombs. 
Now, they're not for everybody, but maybe they are for you. You know, I come in and see the toilet paper the wrong way. I don't get angry about it. I just turn it the right way. Let somebody else deal with the anger, right? Injustice, unfairness issues. Wow, this is so much of what's going on in the anger that is in our culture today, in our society today. You know, I mean, one side of the political spectrum is all upset with the other side of the political spectrum. And if you're a Democrat and you think President Trump is, is, you know, the Antichrist incarnate, if you're a Republican, you think Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are, are little demons. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we, we feed on this stuff. It's ridiculous. But it gets us all enraged. Substance abuse issues. We, we talked about what don't do. Don't medicate our anger. We, that we need to be careful not to do that. And a lot of people turn to drinking. The problem is excess drinking produces several different kind of personalities. Some people drink too much and they fall asleep. And drinking too much is relative to, to every human. But the Bible says that we should not drink in excess. Or some people get really funny when they have too much. Man, they're just laughing. They just, all this alter ego comes out. And they're just the life of the party. And some people get very mean. And so you're angry and now you're going to go feed that anger by abusing some substance. Proverbs 14.29 says, A patient man has great understanding. It takes time to know himself, to know herself, to know the hot buttons. And when one of those hot buttons is pushed, instead of reacting to it, they go, wait a minute. Stop. This is one of my areas. I got to be careful right now because I'm controlling me. You're not controlling me. This situation's not controlling me. The circumstance is not controlling me. I'm controlling me and the Holy Spirit in me. Do temper your tongue. Anger sometimes is, is displayed physically. We've talked about that. But far more often, it's expressed verbally, either in intense anger, intense statements, or sarcastic communications, or outright intimidation. It's, it, it's the tongue. We need, especially if this is an issue in our life that we need to reboot, this is one of the areas we need to pay attention to. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his lips guards his life. How powerful is that? Read that with me. He who guards his lips guards his life. I mean, you get out there in road rage and, and you get tangled up with the wrong person and we read about it all the time and that person takes out a gun and shoots and kills you because you were flapping off your gums. Or you go too far and drive a spouse away or drive a child away. See, he who guards his lips guards his life. Think before you speak. Especially when you know that temper is one of your issues. 
Don't respond impulsively. Don't respond immediately. Slow down and think. Formulate your response very skillfully and very carefully. Proverbs 12, 18 says, Reckless words pierce like a sword. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We said our moms used to teach us sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. There is, that is so untrue. Reckless words pierce like a sword. And we've all had those stabs, haven't we? And we've all stabbed others. It's so true, but it says the tongue of the wise brings healing. As someone who's had to deal with temper issues myself, I, I, I read that the tongue of the wise brings healing. And as, as I reflected on that verse in preparation for what I'm sharing with you today and, and, and studying it over and over again, it just hit me. That's who I want to be. I want to be someone on planet Earth who brings healing. I want to be a positive influence. I, I want to be someone who, who in this world of chaos, in this world of hatred, in this, this world of anger, I want to be a stabilizing presence. I want to help others not to have to deal with that rather than join in on the parade. Speak the truth in love. Remember, you can't stuff this. You can't stuff it. Because if you stuff it and stuff it and stuff it and stuff it, it is coming out. And 99% of the time, it's going to come out in an unproductive, hurtful, destructive, dangerous manner. So speak the truth, but speak it in love. What does that mean? It means be in control. You have stopped and thought about what you're going to say. You've cho- you're choosing your words wisely now. You're not just spouting off. You're not just impulsively reacting. You are in control of your emotion. You're in control of what you are about to say. Proverbs 16.23 says, A man's heart guides his mouth. See, the whole thing's really a heart issue. You know, how is it that I can love someone so much, and yet I can be so unkind to them? I can truly love somebody so much, I can be rude to them. Maybe it's my spouse. And if somebody else said to her what they said or in the manner they said it, I'd be ready to go to fight the fisticuffs with that person for attacking my spouse. Well, why is it any less appropriate for me to do it or for some outsider to do it. See, it's a heart matter. Who, who controls my heart? Who do I want to control my heart? Because it's, it's from the heart that all this stuff comes. Lips promote instruction. Attack the problem, not the person. So important. Keep our focus on the problem. If it's a financial problem that we're upset with, keep our focus on the finances thing. It's not you are irresponsible, you can't add, you can't subtract, you can't be trusted with a debit card, you can't be... Tr- you know, it's, now listen, now we, we're in agreement here that it doesn't work when we spend more than we earn. That's right. That's not going to go anywhere. 
So how can we, what plan can we come up with to protect our mutual interest here? See the difference? Six, do exercise your ears. This is real important too. Do exercise your ears. You say, how do I do that? You know, is this a Vulcan thing? No. Proverbs 18, 13 says, he who answers before listening. Read that with me. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and what? Shame. That's what we do, especially when we are temper people. We are not listening to what the other person is saying. We are just waiting for them physiologically to have to take a breath of air so we can jump and pounce on them with what we've been formulating in our mind. James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, the half-brother of Jesus in his New Testament letter says this, my dear brothers, notice he's not talking to pagans here, right? He says, my dear brothers, my fellow Christians, my fellow Christ followers, he says, take note of this. Everyone should be, read it with me, quick to listen. Again, quick to listen. Then look what he says. Slow to speak. And above all, slow to anger. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to anger. See, it's a, it's a formula. If I am not speaking right, if I'm listening, then I have a chance to formulate the proper words and I can prevent this from escalating into an angry scenario. He goes on to say, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Now, if there's any other reason why those of us who struggle with, with temper issues need to address them, it's for that, because that's God's desire. He wants to use us as ambassadors. He wants us to be light and salt in this world. And if we're angry, intimidating, obnoxious people, no one's going to want to be around us, and no one's going to respect us, and we're not going to be able to be light and salt in the world. So what do you do instead? Stay curious. Someone comes to you, and they, 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 they do something. Remember we talked about last week, don't mind read? You say, now, when this happened, help me explain kind of what you were thinking. How, you know, can you give me some more detail on this? Can, you know, solicit curiosity. Ask questions so that you can understand what's really going on. I didn't get an invitation to my best friend's son's wedding. Well, that's the last straw. Wait a minute. Maybe go and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm okay with this, and we're still best friends and all that, but I was a little surprised that I didn't get an invitation to, to, to Johnny's wedding. There might be a very plausible explanation for that. Maybe there's not enough finances, and they had to keep it to immediate family only. And so it wasn't just you that didn't get an invitation. If you weren't an immediate family member, you didn't get an invitation. No one else got an invitation. See, check it out. There's usually a story behind what's going on that we don't know about. 
Utilize open-ended communication. Talk, just the things that we kind of said. Proverbs 15, 14 says, A discerning heart seeks knowledge, stays curious, looks for the reason and other circumstances that may have contributed to this situation that initially made me angry. But the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. What does that mean? Feeds on false information or unknown information or, 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 or misunderstood information. Do not formulate a t- or do formulate a temper team. Remember we talked about announce your plan. But even beyond that, you know, find some people that, that when you're upset, you can get on the phone and say, listen, I'm taking a timeout right now, but I need a little bit more than a timeout. I need somebody to walk me down off the ledge. And you know these people well enough, and you trust them enough, that they can be an accountability partner for you. They can be a resource for you to turn. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can what? Can help him up. See, we need each other in so many, in every area of life. But in this particular area that can be so self-destructive, so relationally destructive, so reputation-destructive, we, we, we need help with this. We can't do it by ourselves. Finally, do leave room for God's justice. Do leave room for God's justice. 1 Corinthians 4.5 says this, Therefore judge, what? Nothing before the appointed time until the Lord comes. means don't mind read. Don't exacerbate the story. All these things we talk about. So don't judge anything. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and expose the motives of men's hearts. No one's getting away with anything. Now, sometimes we read that verse and go, George, you got it coming, buddy. Susie, I'm going to love it. I look at that and I go, oh, oh. Because it's not only true of somebody else. It's true of me. It's true of me. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness, and he will expose the motives of men's heart. We, because we don't follow up, because we don't ask questions, we assume things, we project things, we exaggerate things, often take the wrong course. If we just let God handle it, God will bring justice to bear, both in this life and the life to come. It says, at that time, each will receive his praise from God. You know, I love that it ends up, we could do a whole message just on, on, on this one verse. Because it ends, at that time, men will receive his praise from God. Not his condemnation, not his rebuke, not his anger, not his wrath. But so if we wait and give it to the Lord, the Lord's going to say, oh, you handled that perfectly. I'm so proud of you that you didn't, you didn't fall back into your old ways and allow your flesh to take over. I'm so, so happy that, that you didn't exacerbate that. You didn't, you didn't break the dam open and let the thing just go uncontrolled. I'm so proud of you. I don't know about you, but wow. For me to stand before God and for him to praise me for anything. 
I, I got chills right now just thinking about that. Reboot your temper. Reboot your temper. Don't rationalize your anger. Don't stuff your anger. Don't feed your anger. Don't medicate it. Instead, do eat and exercise regularly. Do proclaim your reboot plan. Do initiate timeouts. Do identify your anger time bumps. Do temper your, your tongue. Exercise your ears. Formulate a temper team. Do leave room for God's justice. We've got to do it. And what's God's response when we do, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to make, read it with me, all grace abound to you. Read that again. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Thank you, Lord, that that's true. Thank you, God, that that's your response to us. And Lord, for those of us in whose life this, this has played a, a part and maybe plays a part now still, and it's, Lord, a part of our life that we need to reboot. God, help us to to follow the steps that we've learned about in the last three weeks. Because this is one area in so many of our lives that can be so very, very destructive to us and our reputation, to our relationships. It can be destructive to those around us that we unleash our anger upon. And most importantly, it can be destructive to you, God, because we're not presenting ourselves as one of your children, one that you have brought about change in our life through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to, to get control. In Christ's name we pray, amen.